This is a Hot Pie Original. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Inhumane Podcast, a Hot Pie Media Original. We are here with episode 16. And I really wanted to start this whole episode with a question. And the question is, what is too risque for network television? So, of, of course, that means like not cable, right? Those of you who aren't aware of network television. So what is too risque? What is too much? Now, I assume the questions are going to vary depending on like your age group, when you grew up, um, what you were watching on television. That's my assumption, right? Now, for some, they may say, hey, you know, I really don't like any of the cuss words. Like before, you couldn't even say like, part of my French, like the word damn, right? You couldn't say it at, at one point in time. And well, now we can say a lot more things where sometimes I'm not going to lie. I'm a little like shocked. I'm like, whoa, they just said that. <laughs> like, um, I mean, for others, it may be like a scene that maybe shows a little too much skin, um, or the skin is fine with a lot of people, but it's when it explicitly goes into maybe like a sex scene, um, probably very much so when there's like underage, uh, youth, right. And they're, they're making out and they quickly go into, um, a scene that clearly shows that they're about to, to do the deed. Um, and again, not on cable. These are, um, where everyone has has access to it if they have a television, right? So I know it's subjective. I know it, it depends on how people grew up as well as it depends how people, um, you know, want to raise their own family. It may be completely different when they grew up. Maybe their parents were a little bit more liberal and hippie. And then when they have kids, they're like, nope, I don't, I didn't like the way that made me feel. It was uncomfortable. So we're going to change it up in my household. So I know it's subjective. I absolutely know it's subjective, um, but I, I, I still want to know. I still want to know for you, what is too risque? And we're going to get into the deep here and see how this could be gateways to, you know, to human trafficking in our own backyard. Now... To be honest with you, especially in the past couple of years, I have really been anti like movies and anti shows that just have so much, I think, sex scenes where I kind of look at myself or I ask the question, I'm like, why? What was the purpose of that? That has nothing to do with the storyline, like actually got me distracted from the storyline. I want to I want to get back into the dialogue. Right. Um, so. I know I've had that conversation with tons of of people from from all sides, all backgrounds, super diverse um, group. And I'm constantly questioning. And this is like movies like I pay for. Right. And I'm just like, what was the point of putting that there? Um, I mean, you know, in the 80s and 90s, Madonna I mean, you're talking she was super controversial because she kept pushing the envelope as, you know, as an artist, which made a lot of people love her even more. And then it made others say, mm, that's kind of not my cup of tea, which, again, to each his own. Um, but I think we've become part of this this culture where there is no longer to each his own. It is you must agree to this side or this narrative. And if not, you're all these things, right? You're all these bad things. Now, just imagine, right, you're watching a movie with your family. I'm talking like your whole family is there. Okay. Like it's, it's family night or, um, you're on a weekend trip, like summer's coming up. Right. So, um, there may be a lot more vacations than there were the past couple of years because of, you know, the world on lockdown. So imagine you're watching a movie and the grandparents are there, your parents are there, and then the children are there. Okay, so everybody's there passing around popcorn, candy, all that good stuff. And, um, you know, your family, they're not this like, I don't know, stuffy kind of family. They like to dance. Like my family definitely likes to dance. All of them, all the time. Anytime we find an opportunity in a living room, there we are dancing and singing and, and shouting kind of thing. Uh, 
you know, maybe a family drinks, uh, there's a lot of sarcasm, right? Like, so imagine like this family, they're like I said, they're not stuffy, but they're watching um, a movie together and then boop, a sex scene pops up. Now, really, how uncomfortable is that? And and across the board, right? So uncomfortable for the grandparents, uncomfortable for the parents, uncomfortable for the children, like how uncomfortable is that? And I think we've all been in that kind of place, right? Where you're watching something with your parents and that pops up and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is, my parents are sitting right there or maybe even in the next room. Um, and I don't think we talk about that uncomfortableness enough. Um, yet we have gone into this, this path and this education where, you know, don't make children do things that makes them uncomfortable. But when it comes to watching TV and network television, I don't think we ask them enough. I don't think we actually give them really a voice and say, Hey, how did this make you like feel that this scene, you know, pop popped up? Um, when you're just going about your day and thinking like nothing like that's ever going to, um, to come across, especially when you're watching TV with, you know, with, with your elders, with your, with your family members. Um, so (laughs) I used to actually, one of my like first, first jobs, internships, um, I worked for a television station down in San Antonio, Texas, and I worked with the children's programming, like specifically. And I learned so much, so much there. Um, and this is when the, um, it was turning into the CW as well, like a couple of years. Um, and so you had a lot of teenage programming, but it's still children's programming. Right. And you started to see from after school, like elementary time from like three o'clock to then five o'clock where like middle school, high school, right. Six o'clock, seven o'clock, definitely high school watching TV. So, of course, you start to see, right, it fits the it fits the age group for sure. Well, I used to have to um, read a lot of the responses as well as. Um, the phone calls when parents would call in and complain. I mean, we did tons of fun stuff and promotional stuff back then. Um, but I also got to read a lot of the complaints and the parents were very much saying, Hey, I don't think this is appropriate for this time. Um, you have a lot of like, you know, six year olds or eight year olds watching TV. I think maybe you should put this down at the, uh, seven o'clock um, time frame or what have you. So like parents weren't just calling and complaining and saying, oh, this is trash. They were actually, you know, um, giving great suggestions and saying, hey, th- I don't think this is good for my elementary kid, but it's great for my high schooler or, or you know, something along those lines. Um, and so I think that was great that they were taking action and making sure that safety, you know, was there and they're paying attention to what their kids are watching. And I know we're in a whole other space, you know, with social media and online streaming. Um, but I still think that we can. I don't know, I still think that we could just take action and hold people responsible, responsible for airing things that they probably shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be airing. So I bring all this up (laughs) because um, I've really been wanting to do an episode on the Grammys that happened on March 14th, 2021, right? So just a couple of months ago, now we're in May. And I really wanted to talk about what happened with um, the the performance of Cardi B and uh, Megan Thee Stallion. So but I was waiting. Like I really wanted to see what everybody was talking about, right? On all the social media platforms, as well as what were the results and outcomes of all of that. Um, so those of you who, who didn't watch it or didn't, didn't know anything about the news, um, is Cardi B and Megan Stallion performed their, basically it was a sensational hit, um, you know, the past few months, uh, WAP. And trigger warning, if you don't know what that means, which I'm actually a little baffled that people still don't know what that means, but they actually don't. And I've had some of these conversations with people that are like, oh, I thought it meant blah, 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 blah. So um, feel free to look that up, right? But it is a wet and then your bum, but another word, and then a girl's frontal part um, that starts with the letter P. So 
That's what it means. And it was a tremendous hit, <clears throat> excuse me, all over social media, the airwaves, like people of all ages, too, were dancing and singing to this song. Um, I'm, and I'm talking all kinds of of age groups. Uh, really, you, you would think that it would just be maybe a certain demographic. Um, and, and no, it wasn't. It was it was, you know, suburban moms, uh, urban moms, um, teenagers, uh, younger than teenagers, I have seen definitely dancing to that song um, and singing that song. So um, like most artists, you know, and, and, and I really kind of want to start off with that, okay, is most artists, whether they're painters, they're singers, um, you know, authors, po- poets, I mean, actors, any, any, any artist, they're creating or they're expressing, right, their life's work based off of their experience. We, we know that. That's exactly where they get their art from, okay? And they turn it into something that people can obviously connect to or, or it inspires them or motivates them. Like, this is why art is so important. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface with that in the beginning of this, of this episode. Um, and, and because they sing about their lives and their experience, um, you know, that makes Cardi B, there's, there's no exception to Cardi B as well. And she actually states that, right, is that she definitely um, talks about her life experience. And one of her life experiences is her being, um, being a stripper. Now, I know I've taught, I mean, I, I, in the human trafficking, the anti-human trafficking space, we talk to a lot of individuals who um, come from the stripping industry. Some don't like to be called strippers and they like to be called exotic dancers. And then when I try to call someone an exotic dancer, they're like, hello, I'm a stripper, not an exotic dancer. So, I mean, sometimes th- those words are interchangeable. So I just want to put that out there and I'm not trying to degrade anybody at all whatsoever, whether they want to be called a stripper or an exotic um, dancer, or just a dancer, right? So Cardi B was a stripper. And she definitely um, sings about it and she talks about it and she has no qualm, uh, you know, about her former lifestyle at all whatsoever. Now, here on the Inhumane, you know, podcast, we talk about sex, right? We talk about pornography. We talk about um, rape. We talk about stripping. We talk about pole dancing, um, escorting. We talk about all of that. And yet in in mainstream culture, we know that it's very, very taboo. So either people are going to judge and just, you know, write her off all completely because of the things she talks about, or there's others that embrace that and enjoy it. And then I think there's the third group that's like, from my point of view, is the fight that we're fighting um, which is right, human trafficking in our own backyard, this modern day slavery stripping is so connected to that. And if you talk to individuals in this space, they will tell you time and time again, right, that stripping is correlated to, to human trafficking. Um, you have hundreds of survivors, thousands of survivors that talk about how maybe they first started with stripping and then it went into something more, right? Um, because of their trafficker. So so this is something we talk about. It's not taboo here. We have to talk about these things because we want the community to know is if we continue to hide and ignore these conversations, we're never going to um, eradicate human trafficking. We're never going to be able to take care of that many survivors, um, or victims that hopefully will become survivors. Like we can't, we don't have the capacity, right? So we need to start preventing it and talking about culture and where culture is going is essential. It's absolutely 100% key that we talk about these things and, and these things that happen at the Grammys. Um, so a little bit more background about Cardi B. And again, this is not about 
Cardi B, this is really about our culture and what has, I think what is happening. And now when you have something like this on prime time, it should be part of conversation. Of course, it's died down a little bit because that happened in March. And we as a culture, right, we're just like, oh, that may be lit a fire in us in a good way when we watched that or heard about it after or it lit a fire and now we want to do something about it so that doesn't happen again. But now it's May. And depending on when you listen to this, right, our society is like squirrel, something else, moving on to something else. <laughs> and so that's totally out of their forethought. And and really, because of our, you know, lack of focus and our, you know, ADD kind of culture, we can't stop human trafficking that way. And we can't have the conversation of, you know, stripping and fast money and pornography and all that on all that stuff. Um, we, we're not stopping it because we don't have the convo. So a little bit more about, um, like I said, Cardi B is, she, like I said, was a stripper. She sings about it. Then she came on this show called Love and Hip Hop. It's a really, really popular, um, popular show. They have one like New York and Atlanta and Miami. Um, I think LA as well, but she came on that show and she was like a, she just added something completely different because if anybody have heard her speak and, the comments that she makes and they're outlandish. And of course it makes for great reality TV, right? Like that's how they make their money. So she was a great person on that show. Um, she kind of catapulted that, that section, if you will, of love and love and hip hop, um, which then of course it was all about making music, right. And performing. And so it catapulted her to another level. Um, and I don't believe anybody from Love and Hip Hop has made the status or has the status that she has. And again, I could be completely wrong, but I don't believe so. So she's very controversial for a lot of reasons, right? I mean, obviously, she created a song called called WAP and uh, you got young people singing it. Now, her and Megan Stallion, um, when they were on the Grammys, um, let me try to describe it for you, those of you who haven't seen it. And I, and I, you know, encourage you to, to really go see the highlights of it. And so we can have this dialogue, right? And I, and I want you to reach out to us via social media at, at Inhumane um, Podcast because we can't ignore it and we can't keep fighting each other. We need to have an open dialogue um, so we know what our young people are doing and thinking, and we can direct them in the right path so they do not get trapped by a human trafficker in this in this space. So describing the scene is there is a huge like stiletto, which when you look at it, uh, it's a platform stiletto. Like I'm talking, it's it's giant, right? And um most people, when they look at a shoe like that, they're gonna associate it with, oh, that's a stripper shoe. Okay, so it's a stripper shoe. So on the stiletto part, right, the actual high hill, um, what's her name? Cardi B, actually, she does a couple little pole dancing moves because that's representing, right, a pole. Um, so she did a little bit of that. Um, her and Megan, then all of a sudden, like this huge giant bed with like silk sheets comes out. Cardi's, you know, rolling around in it. And um, Megan Stallion her, comes out. And I mean, it's a pretty big bump and grinding kind of um, scene. It didn't didn't last long, of course, but, but it's definitely evident of kind of their intertwining of, I think, what they're, what they're doing. Um, now, again, just like art, right? It's up to the... It's really up to my interpretation, right? What I saw and somebody else's interpretation when they're looking at this someone's art. It could be completely different from what Cardi B and Megan Stallion's intentions were. Um, so then the camera kind of shoots over to back to that stiletto. And inside the platform, right, it's clear. And there's another dancer in there. And there's money flying like everywhere, and then all of a sudden, the you know, there's some hoes in this house, like it's playing, right? It's like like chanting, right? And and she's dancing to it. 
So I am not talking about anything that Cardi B was wearing. I'm not talking about her body, nothing like that at all whatsoever. My thing is the Grammys has always been, and not once have I heard it change that this is no longer a family show. And it aired um, at 8 p.m. Eastern time, which means, right, 5 p.m. Pacific time. So there are going to be kids and children watching, right? Like you, you, the Grammys has always been talked about um, just like the Oscars. You watch it. You watch it as a family. It's your favorite artist. It's your favorite song that you've been hearing. Um, You want to see who gets the award, so on and so forth. So my thing is, Young kids, we wonder why we do stupid things all the time when we're young and especially impressionable, right? Middle school, high school age is because that frontal lobe is not fully developed and we high, and we're thinking um, and we make decisions highly on emotion, right? That's all neuroscience, all the development of our of our brain. And so when we're watching family shows and now we have this, what I just described to you, um, visible for us, we're basically saying as society, like, this is okay. And coming from this anti-human trafficking space, I don't think it is okay for, for a couple of reasons. <clears throat> and, and I'm obviously going to tell you why. So I want to, I want to actually say a few words that some people describe when you look on the, on the internet is, They're calling this an X-rated. They're calling that performance an X-rated performance. It was practically pornographic. Okay. Now, again, I want to reiterate and I want to be very, very clear. This is not body shaming. This is not sexual, like your, your sexual orientation or how you sexually express yourself shaming. So get out of here with any of that business um, because I know there's a lot of individuals that like to just say these words very quickly and start name calling individuals. And I'm being very clear that that's not what we're doing. This is to really have the discussion to prevent human trafficking because our youth is looking at that and they're saying, Oh yeah, like look at that. Cardi was a stripper. Like she was a stripper for whatever reason, whether she had to, or, um, you know, someone promised her things or it was fast money or she enjoyed whatever the case may be is they're looking, they're not looking at why she did it. Right. They're looking at like, yeah, look at that. She talked all about being a stripper. She got on this reality show. Um, and now she's this multimillionaire because, um, because of all of these things, a domino effect, she is a multi, like what five time platinum you know, Grammy winner or or whatever it is. Um, She's won a lot of awards and her records are selling off the, like off the charts and, and she's singing about WAP, right? So again, to each his own, not talking about any of that. My opinion makes no difference and I'm not coming at Cardi at all whatsoever. Um, But again, I want to have this discussion that, where do we kind of draw the line and where do we say who is responsible and who do we kind of hold accountable, right? For airing something like this um, when it is literally a family show, because this is, this was on CBS. All right. This was on CBS and I'm going to read a couple of, of, um, basically comments like people that tweeted or um, in some publications. So let's see. What does it say right here? Um, Too tacky. Women don't have to do that on public TV to be sexy, confident, and strong. I didn't like this part of the show. Inappropriate. So, oh, and they and they continue to say like it was a CBS broadcast, which started at 8 p.m. Eastern time. It was great. Until Cardi B and Megan Stallion started, you know, bumping on the floor and in the bed with each other. So this individual who posted this same thing, they're like, hey, 
like this show. I just think it was inappropriate. Clearly, they're specifying the time intentionally saying like, hey, this is early in the day. You don't you, you, you we shouldn't have aired that. OK, another pointed out that children watch the broadcast and they wrote, I can't believe the performance was allowed. Cardi B way inappropriate on a bed, the entire performance. Kids watch the Grammys and should be able to. So that I think is a key word is that kids watch it and they should be able to um, because there are actually a lot of individuals, of course, like and especially like her fans, like she has a huge fan base of all ages. And we all know celebrities and their fans, they will come at you hard. And so um, people are saying like, hey, well, turn it off, like turn the station, change it. You don't have to watch it. Um that's very true. That's very true. And I think that's true for a lot of things is, but, but we don't do that across the board, right? We pick and choose on what we want to tell people. We'll just change the channel. Um, if you don't want to hear it, opposed to actually standing up for maybe the safety or protection of the community and specifically our youth, right? So another person tweeted, I'm a true fan of music and most genres, but I'm truly disappointed at the Grammys in that Megan Stallion and Cardi B were allowed to perform in such an appropriate manner. Now, that tweet, that tells me that they're saying, hey, Grammys, you are responsible. These two artists are not because they're going to constantly push the envelope because that's what artists do, right? This is what I'm gathering from reading this tweet. And this is why I wanted to specifically highlight this one. Um, they're saying they're disappointed in the Grammys. Like this is your show. You have control um, and you're airing it and you allowed this to, you know, to happen and to be shown. Now, the FCC and if, and that's the Federal um, Communications Commission. Now, they sanction people. They revoke licenses of television stations and things that are on air. So they have a lot of regulations that companies and CEOs and boards have to follow. OK, which also means we also get to complain to them. Um, and I want to read read something um, that they have. And this was updated in 2019. This was revised. I'm sorry, revised in 2019. And specifically on the obscene, indecent, and profane uh, programming. Although for the reasons discussed earlier, the commission is generally prohibited from regulating broadcast content. The courts have held that the FCC's regulations of obscene and indecent, pro indecent programming is constitutional because of society's interest in protecting children from potentially harmful programming and supporting parents' ability to determine the programming their children will be exposed at home. Now, the obscene material is not protected by the First Amendment. Let's say that again. Obscene material is not protected by the First Amendment and cannot be broadcast at any time. To be obscene, the material must have all of the following three characteristics. So I definitely want to hear from you because like we mentioned, art is subjective, right? What is risque is subjective. Here we have the FCC regulations right here. And it, they said it has to have all three. So I'd love, love, love for you to shoot us back and, and tell us what you think. So one, an average person applying contemporary community standards must find that the material as a whole appeals to the prudent interest. The material must um, describe in a offensive way sexual conduct specifically defined by applicable law. And the material taken as a whole must lack serious literary, artistic, political or scientific value. So that third one, right, I think is the one that gets everyone. <sighs> you get two sides of the aisle kind of fighting each other, right? Well, this is political or this is science or this is artistic or this is literary. So <clears throat> we don't know if the FCC is going to do something or not about it, right? Um, there's also indecent material. Same thing. Indecent material, it's protected by the First Amendment, um, but it cannot be prohibited like at all, like at all times. So let's let's go back a little bit. Now, these two women, they're right, they're celebrities, they're um, music artists, and they have a huge following, like huge following. And personally, I actually like the sound of Megan Stallion's voice. 
Um, I like the way that she that she raps. Do I connect with a lot of things that she raps? Um, I, I don't. So I don't listen to her. Um, she's not on my top, you know, uh, my top 100. But I do like the sound of her voice. And I think she has some mad rapping game like she just does. Um, and she's also a Texas girl, too. But um, but because of their huge following, young people are looking to them. And I know. And I know that they did not sign up for being a role model. I get that. And a lot of her fans, you know, their fans state state that as well, right? Like, hey, they're not here to be um, your kid's role model. You need to be the role model of, you know, of your own of your own child. Um, but I kind of have some problems with that <laughs> because it is young people that are buying and it is young people that are liking and it is the young people that are following, right? Like that is all these mega companies pay mad money to these marketing companies and say, Hey, who do we need to appeal to? And these music industry, the music industry is, is no different. They know who has that buying power and it is shifted. Yes. Adults have the money, but guess what? They buy their kids, the things that their kids are asking for. Right. So I'm sure a lot of people are asking like, how does this relate? to human trafficking. And I'm, I'm definitely, definitely getting there. I just kind of want to tell you a little bit more about that evening and people's kind of people's responses. Like, and this is the community's response, right? Like I really didn't even pay attention to a lot of the celebrities and what they responded to, even though I'm going to share like two of them. Um, all the tweets that I'm from aside from those two, they're pretty much all just, you know, like you and me, right? Like just normal people. And this is their opinion. Now, you did get like Michelle Obama and she tweeted, let's see, she tweeted without a doubt, best performance of the Grammys tonight has to go to Meg The Stallion and Cardi B. Killed it. <sighs> now, she's a role model. And I believe she's taken on that role, one is the first lady, but then after, right? And so she attends a lot of kid events. Um, she is 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 all about promoting um women and talking to young women and all that and all that jazz. Um but we went ahead and say, hey, this is amazing with all the young people that follow Michelle Obama, and especially young women of color that follow Michelle Obama. And that was her statement. And I thought that she could have been a lot more careful with that. Um, I mean, granted, it's her honest opinion. She could say whatever she wants. But to me, she's definitely a role model. And I think that if she was at her next event and someone were to ask her, hey, you know, you you made this tweet. Tell me, how does that work um, for these young you know, for these young, young women, are we telling them that it is empowering to be, you know, a stripper, that it is empowering to, um, you know, talk about their WAP? Is it empowering? Like, you know, again, I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but I would like someone to ask her that question. And I would also like someone to ask her that question of for all those girls who went into this industry right of, of the stripping industry and then went into pornography um and all the trauma that comes with it is it worth it right and are you you know promoting that like all these questions right right like ask just start asking but nobody has the gumption to ask any of those questions to these women and to be honest with you I'd love to collaborate with Cardi myself again cuz as I stated this is not an attack on Cardi to be honest with you Cardi is supplying the demand that's what she's doing because we're choosing to buy it or to follow or not because Cardi has specifically made statements that her young daughter does not listen to her songs, does not listen to WAP specifically. Like, nope, hands down. So in reality, right, uh, conversations have been is who really is then the good parent? 
And again, not parent shaming, but she's not letting her daughter listen to her own music for a variety of reasons. But we're allowing our daughters to listen to that to that music. That should like like mind blown, right? Like who's the better parent? She's creating it, but she's telling her kid, uh, 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 uh. You're not going to listen to that. Granted, she's young. She's not in middle school or high school or anything like that. But I'm sure she's going to continue if she's already making that statement now. So this isn't a Cardi B issue, but I'd love to sit and ask her, hey, I know that you claim that you're not a role model for society, right? But I think, and this is my opinion, I think it's irresponsible for anybody especially in the music industry, when they glamorize this lifestyle and they don't share the dark side. Because when I talk to these human trafficking um, victims, the dark side is way greater than, I guess, the, the, the pros of that lifestyle, right? Because here, I, I, I want to ask her, so... When someone's giving you an apartment, right? And when someone's paying for your car and when someone's paying for your nails and your food and all that stuff, what do they get in return? What do they get in return? Actually, better yet, what do they take in return? Because that is the conversation I have with human trafficking victims. Um, And this is, and I'm going to go ahead and add escorting, right, to the mix as well. Because they're like, yeah, I'm just supposed to dance or I was just supposed to go on a date. That's it. And it turned ugly rather quickly. And then I got caught up with for all kinds of things with sex torsion and, you know, revenge porn and so on and so forth. And him telling me how much he loves me and me um, partaking right in, in, in the next level of, of things. So I'd like to ask her that question is why why aren't we rapping about the ugly side? Or why are we talking about the ugly side? And I get it working with people that have had trauma. Not everybody wants to share their story 100% and nor do I think that they should. However, if we are talking about all the, the glam side of this lifestyle, then I think it's our responsibility to one, ask questions when you're interviewing her about the dark side. In the sense of, hey, Cardi, you're more likely one in a million to have the life that you have from what you came from, you know, the life of, of stripping, right? And and then she gets a lot of backlash as well that she used to drug and rob, you know, her patrons as well. Um, and so is is that part of the dark side? Does that happen more often? Was there sexual assault after that? Was there physical assault, right? Like we're not really preparing our young people that this lifestyle, this culture that we're creating of fast money and stripping and um, and, and really that leads to porn because you could talk to a ton of porn stars who will tell you um, or porn um, adult actors, they'll tell you how they started with stripping, right? And someone forced fraud or coercion into porn. So you have to talk about kind of that gateway. You can't just leave it. You, it I just don't think that it is, it is responsible. And that's where I think we should hold people more accountable by asking questions, not pointing, not shaming. Because like I said, I'm not here to shame. And she can wear whatever she wants. I wear whatever I want. Um and show whatever you want. And I show whatever I want, right? Like that's how we do things as we should. But we have to protect our young people. And this being broadcast, like it is part of our culture. We're changing our culture overnight. And this is why you have tons of 14-year-old girls shaking their, shaking everything, you know, um, on social media, on TikTok, on everything where the whole world can can see. And boom, a predator sees that and they go straight in, straight in for that. Um, you know, I think I'm always so grateful that I did not grow up with social media. Like I'm 100% grateful because the internet, right? It's, it's literally your record of everything. When before you had to have something physical as your record, and these young people are not understanding that they're not going to be able to get certain jobs either. Like there was a recruiter 
And he was posting about, he's like, you know, this Forbes 500 company, they call me to do an extensive background on this um, young woman. And, and, and she was like applying for like a C-suite level, right? Like VP. And she had all the credentials. She had some, ex, you know, experience as well. He said, but of course, my deep dive is when I go into her social media. And her social media did not represent the company that way. And the company was very specific on who, you know, who they were kind of looking for. And so she met everything except that. And so he denied her and talked to the company about it. And she didn't get that job yet. So qualified. So these are things that we're not thinking about, right? As a young person, because like I said, they think with all of emotion. So when they're seeing all that money, they're seeing all the likes that Cardi gets, they're seeing all the attention that she gets. Um, they're seeing all of this. It's transforming our culture. They think it's okay. And I'm telling you, when they post those vulnerabilities and they post um, what they wish they were or what they aspire to be, those predators see that and boom, they're in like Flynn. And they start developing that relationship and grooming, right? Grooming our kids because they already know what our kids want. You could dangle, um, you know, a new phone. You can dangle some nails that probably cost $150 or something along those lines that the parents aren't going to buy, but someone else will buy for them. So I'm just asking, where is that shared responsibility? I don't think any artists can just do this anymore and throw their hands up. Because if you're accepting young people to follow you and like you and your stuff, right? Like then... And you're telling them, thank you so much. You're my fans. You helped me get where I am. Well, now there's some shared. I just think there's some shared responsibility. But again, I'd love to have this conversation with anybody um, who who really deeply is looking at all sides and is not one sided. Right. I'm going to share um, this this little conversation. Oh, that's the other thing I wanted to say. So the host of the Grammys was Trevor Noah. Right. Um, he has his own show as well. And he actually commented after um, Megan and Carter B did their performance. And he said something along the lines of, I know I have it. And I just, I don't really want to paraphrase. I really want to state what he actually said. But I think I'm going to have to paraphrase. Um, he basically said, like, ooh, this is like my dream, right? To to be in bed with Cardi B, like, right? This is my 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 dream. Now, if the Me Too movement was just as strong as it is now, he would have gotten so much backlash. Well, it actually it depends, right? Because we pick and choose who we want to kind of attack in our culture these days, right? So is that objectifying women? What he just said, like that was his instant reaction. Was he trying to be funny? Um, was he not? Was it for entertainment? Or is that how he really felt? And that's what I think we kind of have to see, right, is the bigger picture. And another question I have is, we are constantly bashing men, for objectifying us women, right? And objectifying young women um, and saying, hey, we're not sexual objects. We're not sexual objects. I think there's a gray line by saying that and then yet promoting ourselves as a sexual object. And feminists can come at me all day long. Um, I totally stand by that because I'm not afraid to show what I want to show. And if anybody else wants to show theirs, by all means, you could totally show. This isn't body shaming at all whatsoever. It's basically saying is if I'm going to see myself as a sex object and promote myself as a sex object, but I don't want a man to look at me as a sex object, that's very contradictory. But again, I'm willing to have this conversation with anybody because these are just their views, right? Their opinions. And my job is how do we protect those young people who think of themselves as a sexual object? Because that's what the predators want. They want you, right? To shake yourself um, while you're doing some of these dances, they don't want you on a private account. They don't want to ask permission to be, uh, you know, to befriend you. They want you to do that. They're looking for you to expose yourself in that kind of way. Cause then they're just like, Ooh, free market. 
This is what they do. This is they troll social media all day long because it's worth it to them. An average pimp, right? Which remember, human trafficker and pimp, it's interchangeable. An average trafficker, by just having one, one person that they can traffic, one person that they can pimp out, they make about $300,000 on one person. They will take their time. And they're looking for, like I said, these vulnerabilities. One other, um, I think, conversation <laughs> uh, via Twitter, right? The, someone said, um, and that's on you thinking women expressing their sexuality is gross. Don't hold your breath for a retraction, my friend. So this individual is claiming anyone who says anything about this performance is like, oh, you're against women expressing their sexuality. Um, this guy, is, his handle is you made me, right, at Hog Putin. He said, expressing their sexuality, no personal offense, but have you been desensitized by social media? These acts are okay are okay in their appropriate confines, yet to broadcast them on public TV to the world. No, some of us still have values and care what our children see and might emulate. Now that's the key word for me, might emulate, okay? <sighs> Again, her fans, you know, may be mad that she's not, you know, your baby's role model, but come on, you got to share the dark side of what you're promoting at the same time. And I'm going to go back to like the 80s rap music, you know, like, let's go F the police, okay, by NWA, huge controversial song all the way around, okay. Now, NWA is um, kind of their stance was, hey, this is our reality, we are having a lot of police brutality. And at that time, the L.A., if you looked at the and, and did history, right, and, and read about and research about um, the police back back in those days, there was a lot of pr brutality um, for no reason. A lot of racial profiling, not like what's happening now. That one is very, very different. Um and so they're like, hey, that is our reality. And I will tell you, the ugly truth is if the police, however, uh, we are going to get beat up and we are going to get shot. Like, so you, you got to see both, I think, sides, even though people were trying to throw out their music and, and do whatever else, ban them from airwaves. Right. So I just want them to show both sides. If you're glamorizing this lifestyle as a female, show the other side, show the other side that sexual harassment and stalking and physical abuse are all prerequisites in this life. Because you're not going to be able to call HR at a strip club, right? You're not going to be able to call HR as an escort. You're not going to be able to call HR in the porn industry. You're just not. Yet, at the same time, we're saying empower these women. Um, hashtag Me Too movement, right? And call these individuals out. But at the same time, they're expecting this whole different lifestyle. And I don't think we can utilize any more like, oh, well, that's just, you know, teenage rebellion. They'll figure it out. They got to experience that. I don't think anybody should have to experience that kind of trauma for them to figure it out. I think if we're having those honest conversations and if our celebrities, um, if you're telling people how to vote and what to vote for, then you should be able to, if you're, if you're responsible for that, then I think you should be responsible for this other end as well. Like, just think about that. They're telling you how to vote, but they're not telling you the dark side of this lifestyle. Um, a couple other tweets that I just want to say is I'm pretty laid back person, but having WAP featured on the Grammys is absolutely disgusting and ridiculous. Now, I just want to go to the flip side real quick. So you're getting all these like, right, community people or um, moms, dads, single people, all kinds of demographic tweeting about it. Of course, other people said it's fire and they loved it. But let's go to Nick Mick which you've heard me talk about Nick Mick before. They are the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Okay, I'd really like to see y'all attack them since they've been around since 1962 um, and they lead the fight. <laughs> they lead the fight to expose the links between all forms of like sexual abuse. Right. Um, and exploitation for children. 
So they know what they're talking about and they too see the correlations and the patterns um, with this kind of culture that we're trying to promote now on national television. So I want to tell you, oh, the other thing that they do, right, is um, in regards to child abuse is including child abuse, the public health harms of pornography and sexual exploitation. That's what I meant to say. Like they are experts in this field. They know what they're talking about um, and they've been doing it for a long time. So this is actually their response to that Grammy performance. Um they say the CBS Grammys broadcast contributed to the sexual exploitation of women by glamorizing prostitution and stripping. The anti-porn group, they wrote that, like, I think it was like that Monday. Now, the performance by Cardi B and Megan The Stallion showed the two women and backup performers wearing thongs and lingerie, dancing on a stripper pole and crawling around and twerking on bed together. The awards show... um, was a better fit for the cutting room floor of an adult film studio than national television. In a performance that could have been cut from a hardcore pornography film, CBS allowed a glamorization of stripping and prostitution to be broadcast in front of a national audience, a portion of which were children, for no other reason than for TV ratings. And this is from the center's senior vice president and executive director, Don Hawkins. Despite the popularity of the song performed by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, CBS should have never allowed this kind of explicit performance to happen at the Grammys. That's like right there, like they're they're telling you that we're exploiting right women yet the other side. Right. Because we're in this this big fight. The other side is saying that this is self-empowerment that you're empowering your sexual self and you're empowering um, you as a female. Um, this other individual, he too is saying that pretty much anyone who's against this, that we're all misogynists. Well, I don't hate women. <laughs> I don't hate myself. And I don't think that we're saying at all that we hate Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion at all whatsoever. None. Like I even told you, they're supplying the demand, right? We need to stop demanding that. Yet we still need to hold CBS and the Grammys accountable. So the FCC has gotten over a thousand complaints, but that was mainly in March when this aired. So as I stated, it's now May and no one's really talking about it anymore. And I know people have ADD um, and to be in this fight to prevent human trafficking, because that's what this episode is about. It's about preventing it. And if we keep going down this path of this culture and not asking the real questions from, you know, our celebrities that promote things that may be in the gray area, that's on that's on our community. That's on us. Right. And if it's us buying their songs or their movies or their products, that's on us as well. We can't just keep like changing the channel. Right. Because that does not that doesn't work. You can't just keep changing the channel. Um, I want to tell you some of the words it was mess that people have used describing this performance. It messy from messy, raunchy, vulgar to fire, stole the show, best performance, incredible artists. Like it is literally all over the place. And well, I take it back. It's not really all over the place. It's really split in the middle. You got those who just hated it and are saying like, yo, this is way too much. It's just not at the appropriate time. Do that on another channel <clears throat> somewhere else, not here. And then you got the other that are like, change the channel, be a parent is what another tweet is, is like, be a parent and don't let your kids watch it. Well, I thought my kids could watch this, Right. I thought my kids could watch this because this was a family show and it's not on cable. And it's always been that way. Even though there were some other risque kind of of performances before. But I think this one is really taking the cake for everybody. Um, You know, it's just, it's frustrating because, again, coming from my point of view, We're not shaming or hating on anybody. We just want to sit and have that real conversation. And honestly, I would love parents to have to sit and have their real conversation as well and say, hey, 
<clears throat> so Cardi B won't show her kid or let her kid listen. So why do you think that's true? Why or why do you think she's doing that? Why if it's so good and it's so great, why isn't her kid listening to it? Why do you want to listen to it? Right? Like having that open dialogue literally with with your kids is so important and we just kind of want to change the channel. But that's not it's not going to make it go go away. Um I'm eager to see what's going to happen because there are actually some people on some of these complaints that actually say they're going to file a lawsuit. For example, they, and they're kind of flipping the script, to be honest with you. They're using words that um, I think are being used against people that go a little too far. So here they're using it to their advantage. I felt violated with Megan Stallion and Cardi B's performance. I'm a pro sex positive and body positive, but this performance crossed the line into pornography. Many kids are still awake at the time and even non-consenting adults are unexpectedly staring at pure objectification of women at its finest. Not to mention Trevor Noah's drooling, sweating, screaming wrap up like he was at a strip club. Whoa, <laughs> I am a mess massage therapist with deep respect for the human body who found myself crying myself to sleep, wondering how this could be allowed on television and how far this will go next year and the years after that. Art and objectification are opposite sides of the coin. Objectification perpetuates violence against women, maintaining the ripple effect that causes domestic violence, human trafficking, encouraging the consumption of women, and then the disposal of them. I've watched the Grammys every year since I was five years old. It gave me something to strive for as a musician. As a female, I will never again view this program due to the allowance of this performance since 1980 is actually what she wrote. Like what? That was actually a really powerful statement, I thought. Um, granted it's a complaint, but I think she utilized a lot of things that are important in the anti-human trafficking space is when you're objectifying women and we say this against men all the time, but we don't have this conversation when it's, um, women doing it. And right away, like I said, people want to say that we are, um, uh, misogynist or we're body shaming or whatever the case may be. But in reality, there's a lot of evidence and proof and research when you're objectifying women in a sexual way, it, it then goes again, you have to up that ante, right? And then violence is highly associated with it. And we're not sharing that with our young people and it's detrimental. Um, so as I mentioned, the FCC, they revised that in uh, 2019. So I have two parts to our, to our call to action. Now, if you want to file a complaint against it, um, against that performance or any other in, in the near future, um, you really need to go to the FCC and it, there's a big section on how to file an obscenity, indecency or profanity complaint. And it tells you like there's, you, I think it's like one through three and it tells you really how you need to do it, how they expect it to come to them. So do that. If you're just now finding out that this is what happened, right? And again, not against Cardi B, but it's about it's it's about all kinds of television, all kinds of things that we're watching. But I ask you not to contradict yourself. So don't do it. Yet we're still letting our kid twerk on on TikTok, right? <laughs> like, don't do it to partake in something for 15 seconds. Do it if you really think like, yo, that really is something that we need to pay attention to as a community and, and protect our kids that way. Right. And then on the other is like, let's start having that conversation. What really are the connections of objectifying women and are women objectifying themselves? And I know someone is going to say something like, Oh, that's like telling a rape victim. Well, why did you wear that, that clothing? It's not even remotely the same not even remotely the same. I'm asking us to have the conversation of, am I promoting myself as a sex object? And if I'm doing so, 
what are the boundaries and limits I should have when someone then objectifies me as a sex object, right? Not saying that, of course, no means no and, and you know, and all, and all that and all that stuff. So absolutely. But what I'm asking is where is that line really drawn? So we are not a walking contradiction and that we are protecting the women behind us, the young girls behind us that are coming up and really telling them the whole truth, not just parts of it that really makes us a lot of money. So let's have that conversation. I'd love for you to, like I said, reach out to us on the Inhumane podcast um, on all social media platforms and reach out to me. Let me know what you think, because I can't have this conversation alone. And we'll get some human trafficking survivors on here and they'll tell you what they think and how these industries are highly connected um, to human trafficking. So um, thanks so much for your time and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home on the web at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.